0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you have questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so, which Father Dickinson is going to be happy to tell you about right now.
1: It's almost as if you didn't think I was prepared for this moment.
0: I I was giving you, just just in case, you know, I don't want to presume anything.
1: Yes, uh, so two easy ways to get hold of us with questions, suggestions. Email us using the email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can also tweet at us. The Twitter handle is at sfdiocese.org. Just uh, use the hashtag Ignition so it can get to the right people.
0: Yep. Um, and we're serious about ideas for future episodes. We've gotten some recommendations in the past. We actually still have a backlog that we need to work through a little really? bit. Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, one, one, one particularly devoted seminarian um, oh, has some yeah, other topics yeah, yeah. that we yeah. need to. Now, all of the seminarians are devoted, of course, just not necessarily equally to Ignition, I don't think.
1: Right, which is, I mean, to their own loss.
0: Yeah, well, you know, yeah.
1: If there's any seminarians that aren't the normal seminarians who listen to this uh, ignition, if you listen to this episode and you email uh, Dr. Bergwald, we'll give you a commemorative Tootsie roll <laughs>
0: um, signed by Father Dickinson and myself. Yes, the, the rapper, the rapper, not the Tootsie roll itself, just the rapper. Right, we could de- inscribe. That'd be
1: defacing a national national treasure.
0: What? But what if? But what
1: if we inscribed with, with a stylus? Yes.
0: Our signature on said Tootsie Roll.
1: Let's do it. All right. So, any seminarian from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, not just, not just to any seminarian, but any right, seminarian right, right. from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, aside from the normal crop uh, who listen to us, if you listen to us, we will send you a signed Tootsie <laughs> Roll. Stylus inscribed <clears throat> signatures. Going back to the Stone Age. Well, wow. Stone Age and modern uh, snacking meat. Coming together as one. Union. <laughs> <laughs> Is this amazing how like the, the Stone Age and modern technology gets along? Exactly. Can't we all just get along? Yeah,
0: that's but you no. Know. Uh yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of
1: So uh, we do have a backlog of topics and so we do. We do but we do but if you have never given us a topic, we will put you to the front of the
0: queue. Agreed. And for the first one who's never given us a topic will get first dibs. If you're whether second, or not you're a
1: seminarian. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone. Anybody. 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 Because, anyway, like, I mean, at this point, my topics are like at the back of the queue. Well, some of them.
0: No, listen, today. No, 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 no. no. Just one.
1: <laughs> Just one. Today's topic, it went to the first of the list. But if I would have suggested the other topic, you would have been. Uh... Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what is that topic? You'll
0: maybe someday find <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs>
1: You didn't just have chicken for lunch, and I guess well, also yeah, did I, if that doesn't work. All
0: right. So speaking of Stone Age and stones, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. That totally works as a segue transition. It does. We're going to talk about churches. Yeah. And specifically, so this was- uh, Material churches. As, as is usually the case, not always, but usually the case with Father Ginson's idea, it's, it's, a, it's a worthy topic to discuss. <laughs> Um On ignition.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a worthy topic. We talk about church buildings themselves, of course. When we talk about the church, you could be talking about the church triumphant in heaven. You could be talking about the church suffering in purgatory. You could be talking about the church militant here on earth in terms of the body of Christ. But today we're talking about church in terms of architecture, buildings, and what they mean.
0: And certainly the the church. Uh, um the body of Christ, the temple of the spirit, the people, the family of God, um, in all those senses, the, the 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 disciples of Jesus Christ, that has the primary sense of, we don't want the church, that's what we mean primarily. Uh, but there is the reality and there's value as we'll see today talking about the physical structure in which we come together in our parishes to worship. So just a quick caveat, we know that the church is the people, is even most important, um, but we're getting into uh, discussing the physical structure here in this episode, because it is important to serve it it the, the 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 members of the body of Christ.
1: It's like looking into architecture, uh, I saw this quote from Winston Churchill, which I kind of I think is a good one just to plant out there at this, being at this discussion, he says, first we form our buildings and then our buildings form us. Yes, well said. yeah Winston first Churchill. we form our buildings, our buildings form us. And so just this idea that it's more than just a sheer functionality of keeping us dry, keeping the elements off the sacraments or things like that. And so when we talk about church buildings, there is an importance and a meaning and a depth to it
0: right right. and I think that's a that's a great quote by uh,
1: church- by Churchill. Churchill
0: yeah, that's yeah. how fitting. Do you know know I live on Churchill Avenue, Father?
1: I I did not. Oh, yeah. How about that? Huh? Huh. We're talking about churches today. Churchill. I live on Churchill. And the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls is a church on a hill. It is a church on a hill. (laughs) But the Cathedral of uh, St. Joseph in Sioux Falls is maybe a good opportunity to talk about this. Yep. Because we just, you know still recently in terms in, in the Catholic vision of things, did a uh, restoration, a renewal of uh, the church in Sioux Falls. And uh, if, listeners, if you've never been to the cathedral in Sioux Falls, go. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I, I'm sure, I probably showed sure this at an ignition at some point in the past, but when um, I'm, I'm, I'm Sioux Falls, the Diocese of Sioux Falls is not my native home. Mm-hmm. Um, not I'm from nearby, but not from here. So, when we first visited Sioux Falls for the purposes of interviewing for the position that I have with the diocese, which we should mention later, we'll get to that later who we are and what we do. Um, But when it first came in here, father, I was struck. So this was the early two thousands struck by the beauty of the cathedral of St. Joseph stone struck stone struck. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, for people, maybe from elsewhere, listeners to Ignition might think you know, something could. We're, we're a rural state, we're a rural diocese, and so on. Um, and honestly, I expected uh, a more modest cathedral to me. Right. F- for what I imagined, Something
1: that looked like maybe a big parish church. Something, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, I, was, I was immediately very. Struck and impressed by the Cathedral of Saint Joseph.
1: Well, it's such an amazing location, and like if you ever yeah. fly into Sioux Falls, you would right. just drive into Sioux Falls from the From the interstates, you can see the spires of the cathedral towering uh, over the city. Literally, it's, yeah, it's is it very probably impressive. the highest
0: point? I think the spires have to be the highest. I think
1: they're the highest. Aside point. from like towers, would you call it the highest architectural point? Probably. Okay.
0: So it is. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Father. That um, if you've never, if if you're in the area or ever find yourself in the area of uh, Sioux Falls, you must stop by and and make a, a pilgrimage to the Cathedral of Saint Joseph.
1: And I, I think with that restored cathedral, one of the things we're aware of is that we seem to be at a turning point in uh, church architecture, yep. where there's a movement to. Uh, Return to beauty and emphasizing beauty in church architecture. Right. Uh, And I think that's what we want to talk about today is the purpose and the place of beauty in church architecture. Why is beauty worth it? Why is uh, beauty even involved when we better, maybe to save the money for the poor or or arguments like that. But but why, why beauty in churches?
0: Yeah. And I think, um, so you just mentioned some different sort of objections. I think sometimes, um, one objection that me a more common one that you might hear is that um, this is merely uh, nostalgia. It's a right. nostalgic look to the past of just the best, and we have to be present and contemporary and forward looking. Out. Exactly, right, 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 right. So, Father, what, what, what are some things that we might say in response to that that argument or that that opinion? Um, that this this return to beauty in a particular style even mm-hmm. um, is is simply a blast from the past, sort of a nostalgia.
1: Well, I think um, I think it's an unfair claim. It's a way just to try because nostalgia is in a sense just to dismiss someone else's arguments or propositions. Right. You know, making it irrelevant by just claiming that's nostalgia. But I think when you actually look into the reality of what's going on uh there's much more than just simply a nostalgia there's a there's a desire to reclaim something right uh in some ways and i think to understand this re-embracement of beauty you have to kind of look maybe at uh and not a nostalgic way but look at the past or why maybe beauty was gone away from right? in a certain sense <clears throat> and so i we really are coming out of an age of functionalism and this isn't just in church architecture it's in all architecture
0: architecture in general
1: right is that, uh, is the emphasis on the functional and even the idea of like the triumph of materials. This isn't a point that we, uh, this is not a point that we prepped, but this idea that we've mastered in the modern world, this control of materials of concrete, of glass, of metal. And so let's show off the metal being metal, right? Let's show off the concrete concreting.
0: Yes, that's uh, what it does. It concretes. Right.
1: Very bigly. And, uh, and so this idea of this, the, of this functionalism in that regard, and so that that was the idea, which just reduces the church building or the or the, the other buildings as well to just something that houses something else. <clears throat> right. And right. you could actually make an interesting side road in here into uh, the, the abolition of man from C.S. Lewis and his concern that we're reducing the human person to just a functional object as well. Yep,
0: yep. Yeah. We've, and we, we've talked about this many times, um, so I don't want to go to, too far on this rabbit hole, but our emphasis in in our culture on the person and functionalism. So what do you do? You know, when we meet somebody, what do you do as opposed to who are you? That's We, we tend to go quickly to doing, to action, to function.
1: To that function in that way. And same way with the church in that regard of that movement towards um, just that functional work of things. And so that the church can have a beauty, uh, a depth, and so there's a desire to embrace that. There was also a time when we were looking at churches in the abstract, yeah. you know, which is a specific architectural school that tried to break down the conceptions, that tried to uh, break down the uh, oh, just kind of like the the preconceived notions about what a church building should be, and maybe deliberately go against them and and things like that.
0: When well, I think related to that, um, not so much the the um, the architectural style of abstract buildings, but just more generally how churches for a time were abstract in the sense that tend to be much more plain um, in nature, um, right. not as ornate. Um, so maybe, maybe more of a, a of a white tone in, yeah. uh, color inside or, or very muted tones as opposed to vibrant color and so on. And, and minimal statuary,
1: minimal statue, minimary, minimal, uh, stained glass <clears throat> windows.
0: Yeah. So I, that I think, Grew, that's more of an internal in, inside the church uh direction or movement um where the attention it was maybe a, a well-intentioned effort but misguided to um focus attention rather than on the statues of the stained windows or whatever to focus attention on the sanctuary particularly the altar right um which is I mean that's that's laudable but but just in terms of who we are as incarnate, Spirits as human beings with bo- both body and spirit. Right. Um, I think it's a it was a misguided attempt to do that because we we a beautiful church helps me to worship more beautifully.
1: Correct. And even the fact that it's okay to have holy distractions. Right. In that way, because you're going to be distracted. I mean, the human person is going to be distracted. No right. human being has ability. You know, for this absolute pure intentionality for right. sixty-five what minutes or something, and so to make sure that we have distractions which are worthy distractions in that way,
0: and and distractions that are more likely to refocus us, correct, on the altar. Like,
1: so because if you're in a blank room, then you're maybe just left with your daydreams. Exactly. exactly right. right. And or, if you haven't daydreamed on us quite yet, you're listening to Ignition which is a uh, uh, broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson with... Dr. Chris Bergwald. And if you have questions, you can contact us using email address... Ignition at
0: sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese with the hashtag Ignition.
1: And so, uh, I'm I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the pastor of St. Paul's in White, as well as the director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings for South Dakota State University.
0: And again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. um also a husband and father.
1: So we're talking a bit about church architecture and this idea of um maybe a return to some beauty and some art in things in it. Um, and so, we're talking a bit about setting the stage about church architecture for a couple of decades now has gone maybe to some more functionalities, some simplicity in some ways, maybe uh, even a specific ecclesiology emphasizing the people right. in the church versus the church building itself. Um, And so uh, you can see that a lot in some buildings, especially with that lack of ornateness, and also ones where where sight lines aren't directed not towards the sanctuary. You talked a moment ago about this emphasis on the action in the sanctuary. There's also some that even even de-emphasize the sanctuary by, through sight lines and other avenues, having our visual attention be on the people in the church.
0: Right, right. And so, again, I think there's a— So we started this show, um, the beginning of this episode of Ignition, talking about the reality the church is first and foremost the community of disciples. That's true, but but when we're talking about church buildings, what is the purpose for the church building? It's not for me to see the other people at mass. It's for me to worship God with them
1: at mass. A corporate action directed towards a specific purpose point right. in that right. regard, not just a corporate gathering of ourselves. Yep. And so, uh, you know, and in some of this too, there's even the idea maybe of a uh, bit of rebellion. You know, the 60s and 70s in the United States culture, in many ways, were a time of rebellion. Right, And those seeds of rebellion were underfoot in the decades before it and only had its effect in architecture. We're going to forge our own way, right, regardless of the claims of the past. I did it my way. Right. I'm doing it my way. Frank Sinatra sowing the seeds. Yep. So we're not just going back to the 1950s here, people. No.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so that's sort of the so common objections that are to raised to this sort of renewed return to to beauty and ornateness in church architecture.
1: More positively, what is this about? Would you say? So uh, more positively, Dr. Bergwald is uh, can I throw out a Latin phrase? Uh, uh, well, I'm not. I'm going to stop you. Okay. The idea of the Via Pulchritudinis. the Via Pulchritudinis, the idea of the way of beauty. That For us to ascend to God, to arrive at God, there's the way of truth, moral truth, uh, but there's also the way of beauty. There's also the way of goodness, but there's also the way of beauty. And so embracing again in our church architectures and things like that, this idea of the way of
0: beauty. I think, by the way, if you've uh, listened, ever listened to or read any books by Bishop Barron, mm. um, he, I think, rightly emphasizes the via poc... P- p- good job. You did the Latin better than I did. You're welcome. The via as as really um, the best way for us to evangelize our culture, because when it comes to truth and goodness, we're so relativized, even though there's still that with beauty, something that's objectively beautiful strikes you in a way that maybe an argument doesn't anymore.
1: Right. So, uh, so it's this idea to return the beauty back into the churches and the way we do stuff and, and to return some form to our functionality in that way. I was really struck by this you know I've been a fan of it, but was really struck by it when we re de- when we reopened the cathedral, dedicated the new altar uh, I don't know if I've told this story before, but uh the epistle reading for that mass was Ephesians chapter two, okay. uh, you are strangers and sojourners no longer, but fellow citizens with all the saints in heaven. And I cried Mm. because just the reality in the church that day was the church building itself with, you can now see the apostles in color up above Mm -hmm. you. And just this idea that I was brought up into a heavenly home Mm -hmm. in that regard through the cathedral and that I, it was my place Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just someone else's place. It was my place. And I was welcomed into it, brought up into uh, the goodness of God in that regard. Because that's exactly what happens during the liturgy. So it's the the example you just
0: gave of the, the bas-reliefs of the apostles, um, and you were brought up into that heavenly worship. That's exactly what happens at not just the mass, but every liturgy, right. but especially the mass, where the veil between heaven and earth is 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 separated for time, and we are truly, not just metaphorically, not just, oh, that's a cute little story to help me pray better, I am truly, we are truly worshiping with the angels and saints in heaven before the heavenly throne, sacramentally through these images that we see.
1: And so the beauty of the cathedral in that regard was a way, a pathway for me to attain to that truth exactly, and to host that truth in my heart and to host that truth in my heart in a way that endures Mm -hmm. to this day. And so... Uh, that's the power of beauty, and that's this idea to refocus on the power of beauty because it can have this sort of great uh, effect on us.
0: Right, right. So so I think you're right. The, the cathedral itself is a beautiful witness. I didn't. I, I don't think you've ever shared that before. It's a beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah, I was... I, yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm still kind of speechless by it in some yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. So, so what else
0: in terms of the why were...
1: Yeah, well, I think... The younger generation has an appetite for this beauty that connects back to this idea of, the, uh, of testifying to the power of beauty, right? Because I think some of us might look at maybe younger generation, oh, they've got an appetite for this. It's simply maybe they're, the pendulum's just swinging back and forth right. or uh, things of that sort. Uh, or they're just rebelling against their parents, the way their parents rebelled against their parents and their, you know, blah, 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 on down the line. Um, but no, I think the younger generation is really caught up into this notion, again, of the way of beauty, mm-hmm. that there's this pathway to God, this pathway to truth and to goodness through beauty. And the younger generation really has an appetite for it. It's interesting. Uh, they built a new Newman Center for University of Nebraska-Lincoln right. a number of years ago. Or just uh, I think this is their third full year of its operation. And they uh, built a beautiful church. And if if you're ever in Lincoln, Nebraska, go check out St. Thomas Aquinas Newman Center. It's gorgeous. Their attendance doubled. Mm. So they had a 300-plus seat church. They built a 600-plus seat church, same amount of masses, and it's full. Mm. It was full at 300. It's full at 600, Mm. right? So the young are, are hungry for this sort of beauty. Right, right. You can also see that, I think, in some other ways, too, of like, um, you know, people joke about this in some ways, uh, but, uh, how like craft beers, sure. fancy coffees yep, in some way, uh, hipsters. Um, and so to have, uh, uh, th- there is a desire amongst the young for like attention to detail.
0: Yep. Yep. For, for, um, in some places, <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, a higher level of quality. Right. or a or, or, or higher standard.
1: And not that like bare concrete can't be high quality, but the idea of, of something else just beyond like the display of, but- of brutal strength. Right, right, right.
0: Where it's really, again, going back to the example you gave of you at the mass of the dedication of the new altar, the cathedral, um, where, where the ornation of the church leads us to what the church is about, to, to enter into the heavenly liturgy more fully. Right. So we've got a, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to we have about five minutes to go. What else should we discuss? Well, here? so
1: with this younger generation too, I like to think about it as the success of the second Vatican council. Okay. And the idea that, uh, the second Vatican council talked a lot about the universal call to holiness. Yep. At least that's maybe a key takeaway, at least that I had always received about the, the purpose of the second Vatican council, that holiness is not just the. Property of monks or nuns or priests, but it's the property of all Christians that we're all called to it, right? That we all have to pursue it. And so, I think in their desire for beauty, we see a reflection of that call to holiness that they themselves have heard and appropriated the call to holiness and seek it themselves. And so, they want to see exterior beauty, order, and harmony because of their interior desire for beauty, order, and harmony.
0: Right. Right. So, as, yeah, I think that's a great insight. This is. The, the fact that the youth, this that the that the younger generations desire it, reflects the fact that they have, to some degree at least, assimilated the call of the Second Vatican Council.
1: Right now, whether or not they're doing it well, I mean that's right. the right. topic right. for another day. uh anyway, any of us doing it well? Um, but yeah, so that that idea of that success of the Second Vatican Council. I think. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. You
0: also made it the point, uh, which I think is is well made, that um, it also reflects. Um, younger generations, and I wouldn't include myself in this, frankly, um, the desire for stability or mm. your word solidity right, um, in an ever-changing world.
1: This ever-changing world in which we live in, which makes you just want to give in and cry? Yes. I don't know it. No? Okay. No, sorry. All right. Obscure music reference. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but the, uh, yes, yeah, so this is a f- desire for solidity. So our young people more and more live in a dynamic world. In the sense that things are always fluid and changing and moving. Yep. Um, I grew up with books and books were static. Right. Right. The book was only this book and the book was only about this thing. Uh, Now with tablets, smartphones, smartwatches, Google glass. uh, Oh, that kind of failed, didn't it? A little bit. Okay. Uh, All these sorts of new technologies where uh, you can call up anything you want on it. And so you can have on it at one moment... Uh, prayer, and then three hours later, one hour later, three minutes later, you could have the source of mortal sin yep. on that same device. So they want something that's static and dynamic, uh, s- static, secure, uh, trustworthy that won't betray them.
0: Right, right. And so this this uh, solidity in architecture, church architecture in particular, provides that for them.
1: Correct. It meets that need in that regard.
0: Okay. Maybe so a final point, Father.
1: Yeah, I think a final point would just be to think about the idea of that they have a pride in being Catholic. Yeah. And they want that to be shown. They, You know, because for them, when they see church on TV and in popular art, what do you see still for church mostly? I don't know. You see, like, usually beautiful churches. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kind of classical, traditional-looking churches. They don't often show, you know, like the Crystal Cathedral in uh, Orange County. Right. You know, they typically don't show that as like, oh, we're going to have a church scene. Um, you're going to have incense, you're going to have stained glass, you're going to have brick, you're going to have symmetry, you're going to have things like this going on. Right. And so for our young Catholics, they want to have pride in their, they have pride in their Catholicism. And so, um, they want to be able to, to see that expressed and to know that and to show that to the world Right. in some ways that, yeah, I'm Catholic and, and, and this is what, says catholic and let's show it to the world.
0: Just so going back to the point you made earlier um about the cathedral of Saint Joseph here locally right uh, that that is something that is very visible Hmm. to the world because of the the physical location has. If you're not from, if you've never been to Sioux Falls, Father alluded to this earlier, it's on the top of a hill. Uh, It truly is one of the hills in Sioux Falls. um, And the cathedral's atop it with these two tall twin spires, um, which you can see from from, uh, quite some distance away. Um, Again, projecting to the world, showing to the world, this is a Catholic church.
1: Something different goes on here than goes on any other building in this town. Right. Aside from the other six parishes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, so beauty in architecture um, and the desire that, that younger generations, but not just the young, that we, we're all made for beauty. Correct uh and so so somewhere this uh and i think that was the experience of people when the cathedral was reopened i mean mm. ooing and eyeing and, yeah. and even more just struck by the reality uh do you have time for a quick story
1: sure i mean, I don't know you you got yeah, the stopwatch because I, I, I goofed I it up
0: yeah <laughs> so uh a, a man who was actually a lutheran pastor mm. ended up coming into the church uh, i went with our chancellor into the cathedral and we opened the doors and he walks in and he looked around and was silent for 10 seconds and then he said how can this not be true mm. that for me was one of the most powerful moments and that will wrap up this episode of ignition um, again you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us use the twitter handle sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition within the ideas questions or a- topics for future episodes
1: until next time dear listeners may almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen
0: amen thanks for listening